We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am your host. Back at it again with a more you know segment, uh, Falcons edition, as the Chargers prepare to host the Atlanta, or not host, travel to Atlanta to play the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and joining me to do that is my good friend, Mr. Adam Holloway, who's the co-host of the Millennium Falcons podcast for Around the Block. Adam, thanks for taking the time to join me today, man. How are you doing? Good, man. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. Anytime I could, uh, you know, kick up with you and, and talk some ball, like, uh, definitely had to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, been following each other for a few years as we, you know, talk about the draft and talk about, you know, Ohio State uh, as well. Uh, you big Ohio State fan up there in, in Canada. So uh, it's been good vibes. Rose Bowl. <laughs> I know, man. I know. You, you just had to go. You just had to go with uh, Braxton over there just going nuclear. It was uh, an incredible game. But uh, obviously yeah. Utah fell just short. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So here to talk about the Falcons, obviously, as we prepare for this uh, week nine matchup, the Atlanta Falcons sitting at four and four Chargers at four and three. Um, you know, we, uh, I'm a big vibes person, you know, I, I like to, you know, have realistic expectations and, and kind of adjust them as we go. A lot of people, uh, expecting the Falcons to not be very good heading into this season. Now they're sitting at four and four atop of the NFC South. So, uh, first and foremost, Adam, what's kind of the vibe, uh, around the Falcons and, uh, amongst Falcons fans right now? 
It's really good, to be honest with you. Like, it's, you know, when everybody tells you you're bad, generally <laughs> you believe you're bad, right? Like, yeah. so that was kind of like, like you said, the vibe going into the season is like, we just know we're going to be bad. So that's where we're going to be at. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, they came out and, and then when CP went down, uh, we're like, oh, man, there goes the run game. And it kind of is like um, a committee just kind of like build up the team after that. Right. So it was it's been up and down. Like, I guess that's conducive with the way Marcus Mariota has been playing. <laughs> He's been up and down. Right. Like you'll have one good game, two bad games. Uh, so it's been fun. I think like the biggest adjustment was leaving uh, Matt Ryan. Um, and going to just like that new style of mobile quarterback. And I think that excites fans, like just seeing a guy get out and, uh, you know, attack the perimeter and stuff um, with his legs. Like that really gets the juices going in it um, rather than that old school style, sit back, seven step drop and, and sling it. Right. So I think I think that's part of the issues that a lot of people were clamoring, obviously, from the innovator of that style of offense and Michael Vick back in those days when things were really fun. Um, now you're getting it twofold um, the way the league's going now to, to more mobility in the QBs. So I think I think it's good. Like I know for a fact I got a good pretty good beat on on what the Falcons uh, fans are liking. And one consistent is 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 the the quarterback running in the in the old school style of football coming back to Atlanta. Yeah, you know, Arthur Smith doing some great things and uh, you know, obviously, you know, him being really known for kind of elevating the run game in Tennessee. And I was really excited to see what he would do in Atlanta. Obviously, the Chargers did interview him. So uh, he's somebody that you know, I, I became pretty familiar with with his work in Tennessee. But they're doing a lot of just like really unique uh, schematic things in the run game uh, to get Mariota, like you said, on the move. And, you know, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, Cordero Patterson, who uh, unfortunately for us might be back this week. Um, what's been kind of the thing that's been really impressive to you as you watch this Falcons run game and the way Arthur Smith is kind of constructing it? I think it's just the fact that he's doing more with less. Like guys like Elijah Wilkinson, who is a journeyman, uh, Caleb McGarry, who was very like we declined his fifth year option. So he's pretty much he was on his way out the door. And then a guy that's actually not really known for his run blocking, Jake Matthews. And they're getting constant um constant effort from the whole line and in, in, in making this thing like a cohesive unit and i think anybody that's played football knows you get five guys that are intertwined with one uh, another on the o-line that's like the most important thing set aside from skill um so i think just seeing like the ability to get more from lesser talent i think that's a byproduct of the outside zone scheme i've seen it with kyle shanahan his almost his whole career like e even when we were on our super bowl run uh guys that were uh, afterthoughts um where andy levitri he was pretty much on retirement and we he was <laughs> a really good player for us in our super bowl year you know what i mean so i think that's just byproduct of being able to get your offense alignment in space and blocking on the second level and then just um the running backs in general like caleb huntley was a guy that i liked going into last year uh he went uh randomly on the ir i just I, I think it's just like a stash thing that teams do uh which is good to to save him but he's really coming into his own this year like it seems like every single game um he's just getting a a good mix and good feel for where like back doors are coming on plays and cutback lanes uh and he's just a thumper like he just if, if eight yards are blocked he's going to get every single eight yard of that and he's going to he's going to thump you at the end of it too but he also has like decisive 
speed as well. So it's it's been fun. And I think CP going down kind of really made that room come to light. Um, Tyler Algier was was a really good guy, but I know at BYU, um, he didn't really face the best competition. And he had one of the better offensive lines in all of that conference's um, group play. I mean, so, I mean, like Tyler Algier, there was a lot people didn't know. I know uh, Nate Tice loved him in the outside zone style scheme. Um, but there was just he, – he lacked the ideal speed. But he's like – his one-cut ability has been great too. Um, and then you sprinkle in the zone read. Uh, the zone read's been working for us. I mean, you look at the last game, it, it, it made us get into field goal range to, to win the game against uh, Carolina as well. So I think I think the run game is just got like a mix of many flavors. Like it's crazy because like he used to be a power guy when I was studying him at Tennessee. And obviously you have Derrick Henry, so you can get away with that. Yeah. Um, but now he's just like strictly an outside zone guy and we're just like hitting that thing. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it looks really good, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about the pass game later, but the run game, it looks really <laughs> good. It looks, it looks really good. And it's, um, and I think that'll be like, I was talking earlier this morning on a spaces, like if Atlanta's going to win this game, it's because they were able to get ball control and, and get what they wanted in the, in the run game there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree with that. Um, you know, in terms of the passing game, as somebody who has a lot of Kyle Pitts death, uh, dynasty shares, uh, I do have to talk about this passing and apologize if there's uh, some background noise going on. But, um, you know, is last week's performance for Kyle Pitts in this passing game kind of something to build upon? Or do you think that was just kind of that specific game plan? Um, where, where does Marcus Mariota fit into like this passing game as a whole? Do you think he's like, he's been up and down. Like I said, at the beginning, like he's been so inconsistent and that's why it's hard for me. Like if he strings together a good game against the chargers, it'll probably be the first time this season that he's put together two good games. Right. Um, I know a lot of Falcons fans have been saying like, Carolina's got a good pasty and, and and they do, but like I, f- I just feel like you build within to beat your division, right? Uh, so Atlanta was like, just like already equipped to to deal with that, and and I'm I'm just wanting like. I feel like the problem comes when we face teams with outside of our division, right? Because New Orleans, he looked good, but he had the couple fumbles. Um, and then Tampa Bay, we were able to come back too, had it not been for that terrible call with Grady Jarrett. Maybe Atlanta makes that comeback too. Uh, and he was throwing the ball a little bit as well. But then you look at games where it was like Cleveland, um, <laughs> Arthur Smith said, I can't have this guy throwing the ball. And we ran it for 14 straight times to win the game. So I think, I think uh, uh, Damian Parsons from the draft network said it best. There's, there's a lot of meat left on the bone in the past game. Like Drake London's barely getting any play. Kyle Pitts, be- like they're trying to rationalize using him as a blocker um, when they clog things up and go max protect, which is absolutely, it is what it is. Like people are like explaining it to me. Like I don't understand schematics and I'm like, I understand it, but I'm not drafting a guy the highest paid or the highest overall tight end in the history of the NFL to use him as a right tackle. I would have just drafted Rashawn Slater and I wanted to do that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't like, it doesn't like you're, you're drafting Kyle Pitts, not for a blocker. You know, like, you know what I mean? You're, you're not signing Darren Waller to be a blocker. You're, you're signing him to be that, that receiving threat. Um, yeah. And I, I think 
I think the big that's kind of like the biggest gripe like between the football world and the fantasy world, fantasy football world, is that like Kyle Pitts is learning to become a, a complete tight end. That's great. But in the end, in the end, like when Atlanta's needed to throw to win the games, they haven't won those games, and Kyle Pitts is still being used as that blocker. So I think that's that's the the gripe with with people that are having a problem with Kyle Pitts usage is like hey, we need to throw the ball. He doesn't need to be blocking. Like, he needs to be attacking vertically, which he can do. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think if you if he puts it together uh, this week, then I think it'll be a step in the right direction. But I, I, I definitely think there's a lot of meat left on the bone. And we're not even talking about Drake London, the eighth overall pick this year, um, that he got off to a good start, but it just seems like it's dwindling down now, right? And we're using guys like... Alameda Zacchaeus, that nobody knows about, right? Like Parky, Parker Hesse, that nobody knows about as our yeah. as our main target, right? So. Kind of sounds like there's a little uh, like Josh McDaniels vibes going there in the passing game, where it's like, you know, it's really cool that Matt Collins is a thing for you, Josh, but it's like you you traded two first round picks for Devonta Adams, like go throw him the ball, yeah. Um, so sounds One of the very elite similar. separators in football, you're not even going to use them, which is so, yeah. Uh, you know, we could we could bash the Raiders here if you want. I know you're all <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely an anti anti Raiders podcast, but yeah, yeah. um no, in all in all seriousness, I'm curious at one at what point, if there is a point, does Desmond Ritter get into some action then? Because I mean, obviously this team is kind of punching above their weight class right now. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, leading the NFC South, like is Marcus Mariota, if he's healthy, no matter what, the starter of the rest of the season? Or do you think at some point, you know, they kind of uh, pivot to Desmond Ritter this season and see what they have there? So I think um, there was a, there was like a midpoint. I think this was about it. The Chargers, the, the second Chargers game, or the, sorry, the Chargers game, where Atlanta goes on a roll of Carolina, Chicago, Washington, Pittsburgh, which are, and then bye, right? I think at that point, if, if Atlanta stays above 500 through those games which those are all certainly winnable games for atlanta 100%. then i i think marcus Mariota is just going to play the rest of the season if you agree with that or not like but i i think it's hard for you to to, to bench a guy if you're playing above 500 or at 500 and there's a chance especially how weak the division is right now um that you could make that playoff and, and and not be like a character builder for the team going forward right like obviously this isn't the final product of what we're doing our defense is really bad um there's holes all over the offensive line I, like i said we're doing less with more but ideally you want to do more with less right um with with the o line and, and and get those guys uh moving but um i i just think i like me personally i probably would have pulled the plug after the first four games on on the mariota thing hmm. um i just think that's like that up and down play is like conducive with his whole career um yeah why not see what you have in ritter because you're lining up for like a decent qb class and then the potential of like a lamar jackson situation that could get into a flux where hey you want to throw three first round picks and take them and or something like that you like you know mm. what i mean like atlanta's atlanta's at that and they should like say what you want about deshaun uh they still took a swing at a veteran quarterback right so like there's different avenues that they could do but uh, either way if you don't have a i mean you know better than anybody you don't have a quarterback in this league uh, you're not you're not going to be competitive on Sundays in the playoffs at points. Sorry about that. Very good, <laughs> Chihuahua or something on the door. Um, but yeah, so I I think I think 
they need to see Ritter. Uh, I would I would expect um, if they if they play 500 ball here though, um, I think they're just going to to roll with Marcus Mariota. I I personally don't agree with it, but um, I like we got to see what the future holds. This was very much a rebuild year. I mean, you're like you said, you're you're, you're playing really good football when you weren't supposed to. Um, so you might as well see what you got in the kid, but, uh, yeah, like I'm confused myself. Like <laughs> I would rather see Ritter. I don't even know if he's the, uh, the answer, but you know, Arthur talks a big game about him. So, um, okay. hopefully we see him the last four, four games or so, but, um, I just think the the schedule now after the charges is kind of lining up for Atlanta to make, like, even if it's like a early playoff exit kind of game, uh, year, it, it could really be that. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, sounds uh, pretty similar to the situation that the Eagles were in. Um, obviously, they they knew that Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter last year, but just in terms of like a little bit of quarterback uncertainty, but you're playing really good football, potentially playing for the playoffs. So, I guess you know, I don't want to dive too much into the future here, and we're already at 15 minutes. But um, if Atlanta kind of hovers around that playoff picture with Marcus Mariota the whole season, what what is this team going to do at quarterback? Are they going to see what they have in Desmond Ritter? Are they going to throw three first-round picks at Lamar Jackson? Will they draft somebody, bring Marcus Mariota back? Because, again, like I think their expectations probably have changed a little bit with the way that they've been playing so far. Yeah, I, I like the, – like, the biggest problem is, too, like, is, like, I said this earlier and people are like, oh, why would you say this? But this is the biggest stretch of Marcus Mariota's career when he's not been hurt, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're really you're really betting on, like, history to, to completely change on Marcus and him to stay healthy and him be the future. So, I think, I think it's a lot. Um, I think, like, NFL mediocrity is a real thing and it's a terrible place to be. You're, you're not – you're not bad enough to be in top five pick territory, but you're not good enough to ever compete for a Super Bowl. And this is my biggest problem is like Atlanta's going to have like 90 million now with the trade of Calvin Ridley last year or uh, yesterday in cap space. And it's like, are they going to, are they going to throw all that to try to build around Marcus? Like I, to me, that's fool's gold. Like you have a history, you have like six years, seven years of history saying what Marcus is. And then you get this one year of him being completely healthy and playing okay ball. Like I think, I think you're gonna shoot. That'll end up getting you fired. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say that now. Uh, I think the world of Arthur and Terry right now. But if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself on the wagon of Marcus Mariota is gonna be good now, right and and healthy. I think that's a good way to get fired. Like that's just me personally. I would think. Like they they were singing the praises of Desmond Ritter and and Ritter looked really really good um, in the scheme in the preseason, so I, I I think we just need to see him live bullets right like we got to see him against NFL defenses that are scheming against him um, and not against just basic cover two concepts in the in the in the in the, in the preseason, preseason right yeah. um, so yeah I th- I I think Atlanta's in a rough spot like it, it really is because you, you don't want to pull them like say say they say they beat Carolina Chicago Washington they they go on a three and one say they lose to the Chargers they go three and one so now they're seven and five uh going into the bye they look real pretty how do you, how can you pull Marcus and be like hey now we're we're gonna see what the rookie's gonna do and then yeah. you lose those four games right you're kind of you're kind of trying to build a culture but you're also trying to see what the future has so I think I 
if Atlanta, if Atlanta, like for whatever reason, drops one to Chicago because Justin Fields comes back to Atlanta and says, "Hey, f you for <laughs> for not taking me," and he goes crazy, and and you know Washington is like the revenge game for Carson Wentz uh, or who Tyler Henneke or whoever, and something happens and Atlanta drops those games or Carolina beats them. PJ Walker comes back and says, "Hey, you know." I uh, got something for you this time, and and Atlanta drops those and goes um, 0-4 the next four games, then, yeah, I think it'll be Desmond Ritter time. But I I just – it's hard because you want to build a culture as well as as Prepare for the see future. what you got, right? So it's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. We all you. can't be lucky and, and uh, hit a home run with, uh, with our quarterback. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, right now the Chargers need some better help around the quarterback, but, yeah. you know, this is what it is. Um, all right, let's shift gears here and, and talk about this defense. I mean, obviously, Dean P has been around the block. Um, everybody kind of knows what he does, but um, you mentioned just kind of the lack of talent. Obviously, AJ Terrell is injured, uh, Casey Hayward is injured. Um, Grady, Grady Jarrett, like the only thing that you're hanging your hat on on defense right now, or what's kind of the, the stock right now of the defense? Yeah, like Grady's probably playing his best football that I've seen him play since the Super Bowl run. He's oh, wow. just completely unblockable. And I, I was talking about it earlier, too. Like, I, I'm really looking for – like, I know Zion. I keep tabs, obviously, with all your guys' updates. I know Zion's playing really good football. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to, to see where he's going. But Atlanta's got another interior D-lineman that's actually really – he's a guy I've been singing the praise, praises for. Uh, and he's really delivering as a run defender right now. His pass game, he's he's working on, but uh, he's 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 gonna be he's gonna be a very good player for us, I think, as he grows. But uh, it's Taquan Graham. Uh, okay. We drafted him last year from uh, Texas. Uh, his raw score was like nine point nine. Like he was absolute freak, long, uh, fast. Uh, his three cone was ridiculous, but he has been unblockable in the run game. Like he absolutely blows up everything. Um, just. As a, he's a 300 pounder too. He's not, he's not no 340, 330. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a 300 pounder. Um, mm-hmm. I talked to, uh, I'm not sure if you talked to him, uh, his trainer, Eddie McGilvra. Did, did you, did you, did you have a conversation sure with did. him about yep. the pass rush? Yeah. So Eddie, yep. yeah, he's out your way. God, you West coast guys are so lucky, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but so I had a conversation with him and he was just saying like the biggest thing with take one grab is like his hands when he hits you, like if you feel it the next day, like that's how heavy his hands are. Um, and he's just a horse, man. So I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, they, they're going, they're really going heavy with, with Grady and, and Taquan in the middle. Um, I think where teams take advantage of Atlanta is one, when one of those two are off the field, um, that's when things get a little rough. We're oh, like the, 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 yeah, the, 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 bat, the backups aren't, aren't that hot. Uh, they're mostly undrafted free agent guys. Um, but yeah, we're going through we're going through with the linebackers as well. Uh, you know, Rashawn Evans playing okay. Uh, Mikel Walker's new uh, with with the mic uh, with the green dot. Uh, he's playing well, but not not super. And then Troy Anderson is very raw as well. Uh, but in terms of guys, um, like Richie Grant's coming into his own, but he's he's still got his lapses. But yeah, there's just um, there's not much. Lorenzo Carr's playing good all around ball, but. As a pass rusher, he leaves more to be desired. Uh, AK has his flashes. Uh, Arnold Debichetti out of um, Penn State, we drafted him. Mm-hmm. He definitely has his flashes. Well, I think that's a matchup to watch against your guys' right tackle. I know in the past you haven't been a, a big fan of him, right? Was that him? Yeah, Trey Pipkins, but he's playing really well this year. Man. Oh, is he? he? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. he's, he was... worked with Duke all summer long, and uh, apparently Duke is just a miracle worker. 
Oh, okay. That's good. That's good then. But yeah, that'll be a good test for AK then because he's really coming off that edge. Um, working well. He hasn't been, the sack numbers haven't been there, but I think uh, in terms of rookies, he's one of the best pass, pass, pass rush win rate guys um, out there. So um, yeah, he's he's coming on. We're just not there yet. Uh, the, all the resources, I mean, we spent two top five, two top 10 picks on um, skill position guys on offense. Um mm. And it shows, you know what I mean? Uh, edge rushers historically uh, take a long time again. Uh, we're not all lucky to have Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack, but uh, <laughs> they take a, they, to develop them, it takes a little bit of time. So Arnold Abiquetti is just not there yet. Uh, D'Angelo Malone's a, a really good de- depth piece, but like I said, we're just, we're just not there yet. We're, we're still, that's where you, that's where you really see um, the rebuild that Atlanta's in is that is in that defense. They've been really good, Ben, but don't break. Um, but uh, when you have the the whole shot king and uh, Justin Herbert out there, it's going to be real tough uh, in our cover two to see what's what's happening there. <laughs> so they do they do mostly. Is it like uh, do they do full like Tampa two or is it mostly cover two stuff? Yeah, they they they're they're sitting in Tampa two a lot this year. Cover three has been a, a really strong coverage for them this year, okay. uh, which is so crazy because the, the league's going away from it, and it's like they feel like they need a guy in the box. I'm assuming because um yeah i I just i'm assuming that's what they they want but uh i thought they would be more of a cover one scheme uh kind of guy just from what nick saban does uh and obviously dmp's being from that tree um i thought they would sit in that but i mean when we when we um signed casey hayward that was like hey we're gonna predominantly gonna be his own team like casey not that guy man coverage right um but the the good thing is you got aj there who can do either or but um yeah i just i just think i don't i personally don't love the kit cover three but i get it uh but yeah that's where we've been that and to, in the in the cover two man which scares the hell out of me against you guys so <laughs> uh it shouldn't in terms of the receivers all of our receivers are injured right now so yeah we're trying to figure out the injury report is mike mike williams is down this this week so mike williams will not play this week he's uh dealing with a high ankle sprain from last week so um i guess on you know on the optimistic side if he plays next week that would probably be like best case scenario gotcha um but he won't play this week um keenan's been dealing with a hamstring injury all year um didn't practice on monday they had like a little walkthrough after the bye week so um Mm. we'll see what happens there Uh, he had some concerning comments after the game where he was like "I, i didn't feel like i could like go full throttle in the game so um he played the first half didn't play at all in the second half didn't even have like his helmet next oh, to him at all. So, uh, what about my guy Josh Palmer? So Josh is dealing with a concussion, his second concussion of the season. Um, so there's, I've I've reached out to a few people within the building and outside of the building, and there's basically it sounds like he's like a 50-50 chance of playing this week. So I gotta see him, man. He's from a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. I don't know even if Chargers people know it, but he, so he is Canadian. Yeah, um, yeah, but he so he played football twenty minutes away from me, and so where my son plays football now. Gotcha. So okay. he so they called the Burlington Stampeders. That's where he played, 
Um, he's I think he on his Instagram he's got an old picture of it. And Burlington uh-huh. Stampeders claim him like crazy. Like he's all over there. He's like, hey, this this guy played for us. But yeah, he so he's always a guy that I've I've kept tabs on and uh, absolutely love. He actually trains here uh with Quincy Vaughn. I don't know if people know him, but so he plays for North Dakota State. Uh okay. so he trains he trains in the winters or uh sorry, in the summer here for a little bit with him. Yeah, they did uh the Chargers uh media team did like a homecoming series on Josh Palmer going up back up to Canada. So No way, I'll have I'll to, have to uh, yeah, I'll have to send yeah. you the link to that, but um yeah man the so the three of them have played like 12 snaps together on the season like it's just been you know left and right injuries for for the chargers offense this year which is so frustrating obviously you know justin's doing with his own thing so um yeah if if those three are not playing man it's like deandre carter who's a career special teamer and michael bandy's undrafted free agent and um Jason Moore, undrafted free agent. So it's it could be pretty ugly without uh, those three guys in there. Is, is Eckler playing, though? Yeah, Eckler will play. Sonny Michelle's healthy. Uh, Isaiah Spiller should play a decent amount this week after getting his feet wet a little bit before the bye. So. I thought your guys' biggest advantage was Austin Eckler versus basically anybody on the Falcons' defense. So if you have him in fantasy, I'd probably start him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I probably, I mean, you're you're probably starting off the Eckler anyway. Um, but Eckler's been, I mean, he's on pace for like a hundred catches this year. It's just yeah, you, he'll probably yeah. have a hundred catches this game. I'm like, <laughs> that's uh, like our flats are wide open, and if I was Herbert, I'd just take it. Like he's yeah. our tackling in space has been a little bit rough this year, um, and you have one of the most elusive backs. So I mean, yeah, you know, what I mean, something's got to give there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Justin has he has a quick trigger in general right like he goes through his reads just like so quickly stupid quick yeah but now like without the receivers being healthy it's just been like i'm not even gonna do this i'm just going straight to austin eckler read number four like austin in the flat and like let's see what happens and that's that'll win you this game i can that's why i can, <laughs> I can guarantee you that but uh it should be fun i mean obviously uh i think both of these teams are going to try and run the ball i mean the chargers have not really been able to do it very successfully but Again, not having any healthy receivers is probably going to push them to trying to stop us to run a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, I have a feeling that this game is going to hit the under. I don't know about you. I'm not expecting a ton of points. I think both teams, again, probably doing ball control. But uh, general sense, where's your head at heading into this matchup in terms of the outcome? The outcome, it would be if, if Atlanta can run the ball, then I think we got a shot. Like if you get into a run, you run game versus our run game, I think that heavily favors Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I know you guys, you're you're telling me that your receivers are are not there. But I just think Atlanta's so banged up in the secondary. Like even our state, like we have Richie Grant, but Jalen Hawkins has been suffering from some injuries as well. Uh, I don't even know if AJ Terrell is going to play this week. Um, so like as as bad as you guys are on on the receiver core, our corners are are, are right there with you. Uh, we got undrafted free agent. We got a kid from Canada playing significant snaps. Uh, and, and I'm talking from the CFL. I'm not talking about just just being from Canada. <laughs> not like um, Josh Palmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like he like he's been okay, but ideally you don't want that guy playing significant snaps. So I think I, I I don't know, man. Like I I I think you guys I personally think Justin Herbert is going to be able to get what he wants in the past game. Um, I know that'll probably be a ringing endorsement for you since I know uh, you guys receivers are down a little bit. Um, 
but I, I just, I just don't see why you guys wouldn't come out on top of this one, unless Atlanta gets really those 15, 16 play drives that, that result in touchdowns. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see it. Uh, just because I think, I just think you guys are a superior team and like you got, you guys actually have defenders that can affect the game that can like Khalil Mack can take over a game. Joey Bosa could take over a game. Derwin James can take over a game. Like Atlanta don't, doesn't have that guy. Right. So if you guys are successful in the run game, it's just going to be a long, long day for, uh, for Atlanta on defense and both in the game. Yeah. So Joey is on injured reserve right now, by the way. Oh, is he? he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't played since Jacksonville week three, but, um, yeah, that's another thing, man. It's just been tough to watch Rough. this defense at times, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah. um, Adam, appreciate the time. I kept you for uh, a little longer than I, I said I would. So um, where can uh, our Chargers fans find you if they want to listen to some uh, Falcons intel and obviously, like I mentioned, draft coverage as well? Yeah, I well, you know me, man. I actually like the Chargers. I actually tweet about them a ton. Um, except for my guy, I didn't even know Joey was on the IR. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Damsky32 on Twitter. Uh, hit me up. You know, talk some good football. I post a uh, post a lot of schematic stuff too, so it's it's fun time. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thanks so much for joining us, Chargers fans. This has been the more you know. Falcons edition uh, will be going live uh, with our full preview later today. So check that out. Um, and uh, Adam, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. See you anytime, bro.